Hello and welcome to the Thoughtful Language Learner podcast. My name is Makoto, and I'm the author of the book The Thoughtful Language Learner. Are you a struggling language learner? Do you feel like you lack the confidence and skills to learn a foreign language? I believe that cultivating self-awareness and understanding who you are as a learner is the key to success. And through this podcast, I'm bringing you the contents of my book. Each episode will cover a new chapter, sort of like an audiobook. And what's cool is I'm bringing you each chapter through some text-to-speech technology. I hope you like it. Part 1: Learning Styles. When I first moved to China in 2013 and started learning Mandarin Chinese, I often compared myself with other foreigners who spoke Chinese well. I would observe successful learners to see if I could learn any tips or strategies from them. I would often watch online videos of foreigners speaking Chinese or other successful polyglots, a person who speaks multiple languages. I would watch videos of these polyglots go out to a marketplace and have conversations with strangers. As I watched these different videos, they really motivated me to just go out and practice talking to people in the marketplace. Even with my limited Chinese, I thought I needed to hit the streets and try to have a conversation with every shopkeeper and taxi driver. I succeeded a few times, but as an introvert, it was stressful and uncomfortable. I began to think that being an introvert was a liability when it came to language learning. Instead of being able to speak spontaneously, I usually found myself crafting my words and phrases carefully before approaching someone. I would rehearse my tones and pronunciation before finally opening my mouth. I beat myself up because I just couldn't consistently make myself go up to more people and talk to them. I was so afraid of being judged for my poor level of Chinese. During my classes, I was making some progress. Yet I kept feeling like my biggest obstacle from achieving success was my unwillingness to be outgoing and be more extroverted. Being an introvert doesn't mean that I am shy or that I don't like being around people. In fact, I love being a teacher and don't mind being in front of a class. Yet the way I relax or re-energize after a day of teaching is different from an extrovert. After a long day of classes, an extrovert might want to go out to social gatherings and meet different people. I prefer a quiet evening at home with my family or with a few close friends. Yet during those years when I was studying Chinese, I kept feeling like I had to become someone else. I felt strong pressure to be chatty with every taxi driver. Or to talk to neighbors while my kids played in the courtyard. Or to have random conversations with shopkeepers. I falsely believed that the reason I wasn't improving in my Chinese was due to my inability or unwillingness to seize these opportunities. I have no doubt that there are people who would seize these opportunities. Some people thrive in situations like this. For some people, this type of language practice is well suited. What's funny when I think about this now is that I don't even do these things while speaking English back in America. Why would I possibly think that I would do these things in a foreign language? I felt so much resistance because I was trying to learn Chinese in a style that was contrary to who I was. Assessment Tool When it comes to language learning, we all come to the task with different personalities and learning preferences. 
It is important to know what your preferences are and think about how it relates to the way you learn. There are different self-reported questionnaires that can be helpful. Some of them are more generally related to personality, and others are focused specifically on learning style or preferences. The tool that we will specifically look at in the following chapters is the Index of Learning Styles, ILS. The ILS was developed by Richard Felder and Linda Silverman. This questionnaire looks at four dimensions of learning style preferences each learner has. The tool is available for free online. Before moving on to the next few chapters, take the time to complete the questionnaire. Get this questionnaire and many more by going to the URL, rebrand.ly, forward slash free PDF. Chapter 3, Feeling Energized or Feeling Drained. When we look at the lives of successful artists and creatives, we find a common theme in the way they interact with their environment and other people. For some, solitude and extended time for reflection seem to be a prerequisite for deep and creative work. For example, Pablo Picasso believed that artists could never accomplish any serious creative endeavor unless they worked alone. J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, is also known to have devoted considerable amounts of time alone to give herself space to think and create. At the time she was writing the seventh and final book of the Harry Potter series, she was struggling to find a quiet place to think and write. She kept getting distracted by her environment. In an interview with Oprah, she commented, As I was finishing Deathly Hallows there came a day where the window cleaner came, the kids were at home, the dogs were barking, and I could not work. Rowling went out of her way to check herself into a quiet hotel. It went very well that first day and she said, I kept coming back to this hotel and I ended up finishing the last of the Harry Potter books in this hotel. Yet for other creatives, collaboration and interaction with others seem to be emphasized as the key elements needed for truly great work. As the CEO of Pixar, Steve Jobs wanted to see employees spending more time actively working together in the creative process. During the creation of the new headquarters of Pixar, Jobs made sure the building would be designed to help foster constant collaboration. Ed Catmull, the chief technology officer of Pixar recalls how Steve presided over every detail of our new building's construction, from the arched steel bridges that straddle the central atrium to the type of chairs in our screening rooms. He didn't want perceived barriers, so the stairs were open and inviting. He wanted a single entrance to the building so that we saw each other as we entered. We had meeting rooms, restrooms, a mail room, three theaters, a game area, and a eating area all at the center in our atrium, this all resulted in cross-traffic, people encountered each other all day long, inadvertently, which meant a better flow of communication and increased the possibility of chance encounters. What is interesting to see from Rowling and Jobs is that they knew exactly what they needed to accomplish productive work. Some people need space and quiet to concentrate on what they're working on. For others, they want active discussion and communication to foster better thinking. There is no right or wrong environment for ideal learning. The important thing is to be aware of your preferences. Understanding your assessment the first dimension of the ILS explores the idea of how we relate to our environment and other people. This questionnaire makes a distinction between an activist versus reflector preference, or active learner versus reflective learner. 
According to the creators of the assessment tool, the active learner and the reflective learner are closely related to the extrovert and introvert, respectively, of the Young Myers Briggs model. If you are familiar with the Myers Briggs type indicator, MBTI, and the concepts of extroversion and introversion, then this is essentially the same. But it is helpful to use the terms activist and reflector when we are talking about learning styles. If you have a score that is higher in active learning, you are most likely an extrovert. If you have a score that is higher in reflective learning, you are most likely an introvert. When we think about extroverts and introverts, we often look at the outward actions. We think about how social and talkative they are. We see extroverts as the life of the party, and introverts as the quiet ones in the corner. Susan Cain, in her book Quiet, describes the difference as follows, Extroverts are the people who will add life to your dinner party and laugh generously at your jokes. They tend to be assertive, dominant, and in great need of company. Extroverts think out loud and on their feet, they prefer talking to listening, rarely find themselves at a loss for words, and occasionally blurt out things they never meant to say. They're comfortable with conflict, but not with solitude. Kane continues, introverts, in contrast, may have strong social skills and enjoy parties and business meetings, but after a while wish they were home in their pajamas. They prefer to devote their social energies to close friends, colleagues, and family. They listen more than they talk, think before they speak, and often feel as if they express themselves better in writing than in conversation. They tend to dislike conflict. Many have a horror of small talk, but enjoy deep discussions. We need to remember that, according to one of the creators of the Myers-Briggs type indicator, extroversion and introversion is primarily about how you draw your energy and how you manage your energy. For extroverts, they receive energy from interacting with people and from taking action. For introverts, they receive energy from reflecting on their thoughts, memories, and feelings. The classic example is what an extrovert and introvert want after a long day at work. Maybe the extrovert can't wait to attend a friend's party after work. For the introvert, a party does not sound relaxing at all. The introvert may prefer to have a few close friends over for a casual dinner at home. Likewise, it is important to know your preferences when it comes to learning. Think about your current language learning practice and routines. Language learning is a difficult process that requires a lot of hard work. But do you have a good balance that helps you manage your energy? If you are an extrovert, do you have enough language practice to keep you energized? If your language learning consists of just studying a textbook by yourself, this could quickly lead to feeling bored and discouraged. If you are an introvert, does your language practice leave you drained of energy? If most of your language learning is in a class with lots of discussion and interaction, you need to balance this out with time spent alone to recharge. Where to practice? For myself, there was a big difference between trying to practice Chinese in the streets versus practicing in the comfort of my home. As an introvert, it was a bad idea to practice my language in the marketplace. Not in the sense that I shouldn't chat with strangers, but that I shouldn't rely on it as my primary language practice. Striking up a conversation with a stranger and making small talk would drain me very quickly. I still buy vegetables from the marketplace and I still take taxis around town. 
But I don't make the goal of these activities language practice. I could do this sort of practice if I was forced to. I would probably last for about 20 minutes. The problem with this type of practice is that I would feel completely drained afterward, with no desire to study for the rest of the day. It would be much more productive for me to study at home for one or two hours. Some might object and say that I would never get enough speaking practice if I only studied at home. But it depends on each person's goals and on how they manage their practice. I felt I got enough speaking practice during my classes and when I had friends come over to my home. The rest of my study time was devoted to other practice like reading, writing, and listening. Applying your learning style. Think of your language learning in terms of whether it will energize you or drain you. If you are an extrovert, you need to find ways for your language learning to take place with other people around. There will be times that you need to commit to sitting at a desk and studying the material by yourself. But you would quickly lose motivation if all your language learnings were done alone. If you are an introvert, what do your class time and daily practice look like? Maybe you need to carve out more time to study individually or arrange for one-on-one -on -one learning. Coming back to the ILS questionnaire, this first dimension is concerned with how we engage our mental energy during our learning. The creators of the ILS make a distinction between active experimentation and reflective observation. Active experimentation involves doing something in the external world with the information, discussing it or explaining it or testing it in some way, and reflective observation involves examining and manipulating the information introspectively. Active learners might also be verbal processors. You like to work out your ideas by talking about it. If you are an active learner, you won't learn as effectively if you are just passively listening. You need to make sure you have plenty of opportunities to actively talk about what you are learning. During your classes and language learning time is there enough opportunity to talk about your ideas with your teacher or other classmates? Do you need to make some adjustments to your study routines? For example, you may be struggling if your class consists of a teacher who just lectures for most of the class time. Maybe the best thing you can do is to find a language partner or a study group that will meet with you right after class. Find an environment where you can talk and discuss what you are learning. You will benefit from having the opportunity to process what you are learning in class. If you are a reflective learner, you process your ideas internally. You need the time and space to think quietly about what you are learning. You often prefer to work alone or just with a few friends. You won't learn effectively if you don't have enough opportunity to think about the information you are receiving. What typically happens during your language classes? Are there too many speaking activities? Do you freeze up when the teacher calls on you? Maybe the teacher doesn't give students adequate time to process and reflect. If this is the case, it might help to review your textbook in preparing for your next class. Set aside time before each class to preview vocabulary or topics that will be covered in class. Spend this time before class to mull over the different concepts and ideas. Even if you can't change the way your teacher arranges your class, you can modify other aspects of your learning environment to fit your learning style. There is no bad or ineffective type of learning style. Whether you are more of an active learner or reflective learner, you can still achieve your goals. Don't look at another language learner and be envious of their learning styles.
If you make language learning decisions based on someone else, it may quickly lead to discouragement. Instead, identify your own learning styles and leverage it for your language practice. I hope you enjoyed this chapter of my book. If you found it helpful, send me a message, let me know. Also, I have a free PDF that introduces some of the assessment tools mentioned in my book. If you're interested, just go to rebrand.ly forward slash free PDF. Thanks for listening.